Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you, and God bless. He's a pastor of pastors. He's a leader of leaders. He's uh, uh, an epitome of success, both in the secular and the spiritual. And I believe he's a role model uh, for me and for many believers all over the world. Uh, we're fortunate that he's, uh, he's on vacation with his uh, lovely wife and one of his sons. And they chose New Jersey as a place to do vacation. I don't know why, but they're here. At least we are glad they are not in Florida or Texas. So that's a, that's a spirit, spirit-led choice. Amen. We go to Florida, right? They chose New Jersey for vacation. Amen. So they're here, and uh, it falls on Sunday, and it's just only wise to have them come and speak, to have him come and speak to us. Amen. He's the senior pastor of uh, Sanctuary of Hope. He's the founder, president of Spokeman School of Effective Ministry and Leadership. He's a professor of medicine. Uh, uh, he just turned 60. And, uh, amen. <laughs> Officially an elder statesman now. Amen. <laughs> amen. Ladies and gentlemen, can you just rise up and put your hands together as I invite Professor... Greg Robert to bring us God's word this morning. Thank you so much. Come be still, please. Thank you. I'm so happy this morning to be in this church today. And one thing I enjoy about the pastor and um, the wife is their spirit. You know, sometimes you. Everybody speaks loud, speaks powerfully, but sometimes you want to see the spirit behind the words. You want to meet the personality to see whether he tries to walk the talk. I want to say that anytime I meet the pastor, I see someone who has internalized what he believes, and um, it's always wonderful to be with them, the husband the wife. And I'm thanking you for this opportunity being here to speak. Also, all the, my big friends here, all people I've known for over 30 years are here too. And I want to thank God for the opportunity of being there. My wife is always with me, and um, she's also very much involved in the ministry. My son, Johnny Roberts, is a medical student, being with us here today. Can we pray? Father, we thank you for the opportunity given to us to bring in your word this morning. I pray, Lord, that the power of the Holy Spirit will rest upon this word and will strengthen us and will empower us 
In Jesus' name we pray. When the pastor spoke to me a few days ago and said that I should, um, what word will I have this morning? I said, well, my topic would be open doors. And um, I took my test from the book of First Corinthians chapter 16. And I will again repeat reading from the King James Version, beginning from the sixth verse. And it may be that I would abide ye and winter with you, that you may bring me on my journey whithersoever I go. For I will not see you now by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you, if the Lord permits. But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. Now, you see, in the scriptures, when the word doors are used, it refers to several things. It refers to openings. Scripturally, it assumes that things are short. And God takes God to open those doors. It also refers to opportunities. When you are looking for certain opportunities in your life and the doors are open, you see the doors of opportunities are open. It also refers to breakthroughs. That is, certain times you may have things you're looking for God for, certain areas that are stuck. And when you say the doors are opened, then you say you have a breakthrough. Sometimes it refers to answers to prayers. You stuck at one point and you've been crying on God to reach out to you and touch you. And then the doors swing open. I say door has been opened. Sometimes it refers to the next level. When you find yourself operating at a particular level in your life and you want to get to the next level and you feel that there seems to be hindrance and then the doors are opened and then you go to the next level. Sometimes referred to promotion or elevation. You see, the Bible says the path of the righteous is ever increasing, brighter, until the dawn. Everyone who knows God ought to be progressing from time to time. Christians don't retrogress. They don't stagnate. They move from one height to the other height. And so when you find out that you are in a particular situation in your life where you are not getting elevated, and we are not getting promoted, and then this door swing open. You know that a door has been opened to you. Now, all of our scriptures is assumed that doors are under the control of God. We don't control doors. John said that I, a door is opened. God has the keys to open and then to shut. Jesus told Peter and told him that I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And he was referring to doors. Paul, as great as he is, kept on asking the apostles, to people to pray for him, that God would open to him the door of utterance. 
in the Old Testament, they talked about the doors of hope. And so, regardless of how talented you are, regardless of how gifted you are, regardless of how wonderful you are, if the doors are not open, you stay stagnant. You'll be a great singer, so wonderful, but if there are no doors for you to sing, you are gone. You'll be a good, great preacher, if the doors are not open for you to preach, you are nowhere. You'll be a very great, talented businessman. But if the doors are not open for you to do your salesmanship or do your work, it's nowhere. So Paul was saying, a door is open unto me. Now, before I come to the main point, I want to preface by saying this. There are several people who are going to live life in various levels, many Christians. One of them is that they are going to live life on the whining level, always complaining that things are so bad, things are so terrible, things are so difficult. Some are going to live on the wishing level. Oh, God will do it. I believe God will do it. And over the next 10 years, I see talking about God will do it. And then some are also going to live in the level of being a warrior. When you meet them and you ask them, how is the weather today? They give you a whole story. You ask for a phrase, they give you a sentence. You ask for a sentence, they give you a book. You know, their life is full of worries. And they have all kinds of stories to tell, right from their birth. And they recount it every time you see them. Then there are those who are always worrying. Life is all war. They fight with their husband, they fight with their wife, they fight with their boss, they fight with their children, they fight with the road, they fight with the policemen. Everywhere around them is warring. And when they pray, it's all war. And as far as they're concerned, there are only two people in the world. God and Kekel and the devil to beat down. And every other person in between. Then there are some people who are so worldly driven. Everything they see in the world, they want to replicate it. And then their life is always looked at in terms of what other people are doing. And then there are some others who are always waiting. And these are true things from my own experience. And I always say that this is about over 40 years I've known the Lord Jesus Christ. I see a lot of Christians who are always waiting. It will be better tomorrow. God will do it. But no, that's not what God wants us to do. God wants us to walk in the Spirit. To walk worthy of the Lord. God wants us to make steady progress. God wants us to always have milestones of achievement. And then that's why Paul said, for this to happen, doors must open. Now, before I go into these oppositions and how we handle them, the first thing I want you to realize is that God desires the best for his people. All over scriptures, you can't miss out the fact that God cares for his people. Paul said, he that did not spare his son, but gave him for us all. How will he not with him give us all things? Those are firm, emphatic statements. How will he not with him give us all things? Jesus says, whatsoever you ask when you pray, believe, and you shall have them. That was a statement of fact. It's not assumption. He said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and you shall, whosoever asks it, receive it. 
whosoever knocketh, the door shall be opened. And whosoever seeketh, find it. He told his apostles, it is the Father's will that he should give you the kingdom. David said, the Lord is a son and a shed. No good thing shall he withhold from them that walketh uprightly. These are firm biblical facts. David said, I'm old, but I was once young. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. The apostles asked Jesus Christ, said, what will be our portion for following you? He said, if you follow me, not only will you have all the things of this world, you have it a hundredfold, and at the end, eternal life. All of our scriptures, we look at the book of Deuteronomy, when God was talking to the people of Israel, he said, not only will these blessings come upon you, these blessings will overtake you. And one scripture, it says that you will be so blessed that there will not be enough room to contain them. These are not fibles. These are facts. These are the experience of people who have known the Lord. He says, mark the perfect man. The end of that man is peace. A man once commented, I love to see... I love to stay in the best side of the righteous when they die. It's full of glory and joy. I hate to stay in the best side of the atheist. It's full of doom and misery. Every person who has served the Lord can testify to the fact that God is good. And so, it is an antithesis of the Christian life. If you are serving the Lord, you are not making progress. If you are serving the Lord, you are not joyful. The great man of God says, the Christian is an hallelujah from the top to the bottom. Paul said rejoice. Again, and I said rejoice. And the scripture says, whatsoever you pray, whatsoever you, whatsoever I pray, whatsoever you say and believe, you get them. These are all scriptures. These are all scriptures. He said, I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. These are scriptures. But why is it that we are not there? Why is it that these doors aren't open to us? One thing I think we need to understand before I go into the opposition is that God orders the path of the righteous. God is in charge. And what God wants is to give your, for you to give your life as an offering to him. As a living sacrifice. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, that is the beginning of service. That is the beginning of relationship. But give your life over to him. Many people will give their life over to Jesus and tell him, drive the car, but I take the GPS. Jesus, drive the car, I control the speed. Jesus, drive the car, and I give the direction. If God is not Lord of all, he is not Lord at all. When it comes to God, is all or nothing. You must trust God. I will tell someone, I, will ne- I may never understand the thinking of God, but I would always trust the heart of God. And so it means that you must always give God total control. God delights in you. The Bible says God deals with us as children. The Bible says that God has a destination for us, a destination full of hope to bring us to an expected end. The Bible says that God delights in his own. So give God total control. Partial obedience is no obedience. 
if you look through the scriptures, the main thrust of the Christian life is obedience. Jesus says, I come in the volumes of book written of me to do thy will, O Lord. For the past 22 decades, I've never asked God for anything than to obey him. God has everything packaged together that I don't need to ask for anything than just to align myself to the total will of the Father. 22 years ago, I left the UK after studying Bristol Royal Infirmary. And I came to, to serve in my little city in Ife. Two years later, I, we started a, a local church. And for 20 years, I was preaching an average sermon of three sermons every week for 20 years. Now, within those 20 years, everything that I would have attained in the secular, I attained them. I over 100 scientific papers. I'm a professor of medicine. Everything physical that can be attained in this world, I got it. In addition to that, I got the joy of the Lord. I got the peace of the Lord. You see, when I talk about life, I think life is just four things. One, longevity, which God gives you with strength. I stands for integrity. And F stands for fullness of life, fulfillment. And E, eternal life. That's all life is. Life does not consist of what a man possesses. It consists of whether you are possessed by God. And so, it's total obedience. But I'm, I'm Paul haven't said it. He said, look, these doors are there. And I know that these doors are open to me. And that God has given me. But I must go through many oppositions. I don't know what you feel that there are oppositions in your life. There is no single one God has anointed that has never experienced oppositions. Moses endured affliction with the children of Israel. Joseph faced a lot of opposition right from the day Joseph had his dream to the moment when his dreams were fulfilled, it was all oppositions. David was a bag of opposition. Many times said, I'm like a pelican in the desert. If you look at the Psalms, you see a man who goes up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. His life was miserable. The anointing did not give him rest. It gave him restiveness. Abraham had oppositions. Jacob had opposition. Paul was full of oppositions. Everything about his life was oppositions. What of Jesus Christ? The Bible says he came to suffer. And Isaiah said, you have chosen me in the furnace of affliction. So I want to say to you today, regardless of the oppositions you have, regardless of the oppositions to the, the doors in your life, God's promises never changes. As the, as the lady, little one singing this song, God is always constant. God never moves. He's unmovable. You know, God does not operate according to the seasons. God is a God of all seasons. He is steadfast, unmovable, always abiding. God is ever faithful. God has no 21st century in his faithfulness. What he was in the first, so it is today, and so it is forevermore. So as far as God is concerned, he doesn't move. And so when these oppositions come, and they come in various ways, they come in various 
shades. What are the things that should govern us? And I, as I began to think about this opposition, I believe somehow God gives us this opposition to tame our temperament. Sometimes we are so, you know, unpredictable. Sometimes we are so rash. And so that when the oppositions come, maybe you are that kind of a person who is heady at work, and God gives you somebody who is headier than you. Or you are somebody who is very rude, and God, God brings somebody who is only telling you you are very rude. You know? Or if you are so wise, and somebody, God brings somebody to you tells you you are really not wise. Or you think that you are all knowledgeable, and somebody makes you realize you are a fool. Then it changes your temperament. Sometimes God gives us oppositions to toughen our resolve. See, sometimes you find yourself, God has a plan for your life. And then these things are opposing you. But then God allows oppositions to come and it toughens your resolve. You, ask, you, you stand firm and say, look, this is what God has said. And I know the enemy is against it. I know men are against it. I will not move. Sometimes God gives you this kind of opposition because he wants to train you in righteousness. Paul was saying that, Blessed be the Lord, who David, who teaches my hands to war. Who teaches my hands to war. So you find out that opposition sometimes teaches your hands to war. Make sure that you are certain. See, one of the great things about doors is that when God opens a door, you are prepared for the door. Abraham Lincoln said, I will be ready, prepared, and when my time comes, I will be ready. In between my time, all is preparation. Another great man was asked, what is the greatest secret of greatness? He says it's first preparation, second preparation, and thirdly preparation. Many people, when they give them, when God gives them the blessing they should have, because they are not prepared for this blessing, they don't get it. And so when there are oppositions, God trains you and prepares you. When God brings opposition is a lesson in tenacity. Patience is all. Patience is all. You need to be someone who is ready to be tenacious. The Bible says that those who grow, who grow are those who sow the seed and patiently wait for these seeds to grow. Seed time and harvest time would always come, but those who would win those times are the patient ones. The Bible talks a lot about patience. It talks a lot about perseverance. And so when you are faced with a door opposition, is a lesson in tenacity. Again, when you are faced with opposition, it's a test of your convictions. You feel that God wants you to do this. You feel that God wants you to take this project. You feel that God wants you to get you to this business. If I've always told people that any time I see opposition, I say God is there. If God gives me a great dream, God gives me a great plan, and I see people opposing it, then I know really this is the hands of God. This is the hands of God because God wants to establish his glory in the midst of human opposition. But no man will take glory. And so when you find yourself in a situation, God is putting you in that big situation to test your conviction. Sometimes when you have opposition, God is allowing you to think through the process. Many Christians are very emotional. They believe they received it from God, and that's all. 
But the mind matters. And that's why the Bible says we shall have we should have the mind of Christ. A Christian is not a man of only the heart, but a man of what? The mind. And when Jesus was talking to the apostles, he told them that you should serve the Lord not only with your emotions, but also with what? With your mind. When Paul talked to the Roman church, Romans 2 said, present your body as a living sacrifice by the renewing of what? Your mind. And then Paul told them, he said, think on these things. So many people would rather die than think. And when they see you thinking, they ask you, is something wrong with you? We must metabolize divine ideas before they can be suitable for execution. And the way you come to the point when you are meeting oppositions, it allows you to think. Sit down and think. Jesus told the apostles, he says, study the scripture, for in them you think. In that he was saying, don't study the scriptures, hook, line, and sinker. Study the scriptures so that you can think. Psalm 4 says, blessed is he that does not see the counsel of the godly, but meditate. The word meditate is to ruminate, to think over. When God told Joshua, it says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate. Mind, mouth, manifestation. Mind, mouth, manifestation. That is, before you open your mouth, put your brain on jail. A lot of people, they think before they speak. Others think while they are speaking. Others think after they have spoken. And some don't think at all. And so when you face opposition, God allows you to think through the process. Again, I tell you, when you face opposition, God allows you to keep you in God's timing. To keep you in God's timing. You see, God has a time for everything. The scripture tells us that sometimes God takes counsel of time. But after God has had a very big plan, after God has had a very big dream, he brings the counselors of time and asks, when is the best time to execute it? And so when you face big oppositions, when you face difficulty, God is putting you in his timing. Again, I think when you face deep opposition and difficult times, God is making your testimony bigger. Just go and look at it. The deeper your persecution, the bigger your prospects. The deep, bigger your persecution, the bigger the testimonies. And so when you see that you have these oppositions, rather than sitting down and say, God, you are not good, God, you are not kind. Realize that God is preparing you for bigger testimonies. Again, when you face this opposition, it's time to trust God regardless. Trust God regardless. Scripture says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. We do not trust God because things are good. We trust God because God is good. Circumstances don't define God. God defines circumstances. 
Everything around us can waver, but God doesn't waver. And so we should not judge God by the wavering of things around us. We should judge God by his word, which is constant. And so when you face oppositions, when they are coming to you, realize that God is saying to you, trust me. Can you trust me regardless of this? Can you trust me regardless of the fact that your prayer has been delayed? Can you trust me regardless of the fact that the fact that you've been trusting God for the fruit of the womb has been delayed? Can you trust God regardless of the fact that your promotion has been delayed? Can you trust God regarding the fact that your business is going down, but yet you can still trust me? Can you trust me in the fact that you have been asking God to grow your work, to grow your business, to grow your church, but yet you can trust me because you realize that you are the God of all seasons? And I tell people that when you come to times like, how did Paul handle these doors? He always asks for prayer. So in the midst of these doors that seems to you are facing a lot of opposition, that is the time to pray more. To just keep praying. Just keep praying. I always tell you that the constant of every Christian life is pray. Pray without ceasing. And when you cease, when, when you stop praying, then you cease. When you keep praying, you never cease. So just keep praying. Pray all kinds of prayer. Pray thanksgiving prayer. Pray supplication prayer. Prayers of reminding God. Pray vocal prayer. Pray silent prayer. Pray thoughtful prayer. Augment your prayer with prayer and fasting. Read scripturally. Join others in prayer. But never you stop praying. I've always believed that every time I pray, something happens in the invisible. Times like this, also keep the big picture in mind. As these things are happening in your position, just keep the big picture in mind. God is not a God of past, past things, past that, past that. He wants to make a whole life out of you. God doesn't want to make you an economic giant and a spiritual dwarf. He doesn't want to make you a very a great prayer warrior and a worrisome husband. He wants to make you complete. John saw a, a, a city in the book of Revelation. He says the height, the breadth, and the length of that city were equal. Paul told the Thessalonian church that your body, your soul, your spirit will be preserved blameless. God is a holistic God. And so when you see things happening to you, just keep the big picture in the mind. Just keep looking at it. Then when these things are happening to you, I want you to persist. Just keep persisting. Just keep struggling on. Don't lose faith in God. I always tell people that there is nothing in this life that makes sin acceptable. Nothing so enticing, nothing so wonderful that will make you fall out of your integrity. David said, let integrity and uprightness word preserve me. And so don't say because the trouble is so much and the pressure is so much, I must go up. If I must fall, I want to fall back on God, not fall away from God. Again, when these things are happening to you, I also want to say that you must, keep, you must be positive. The child of God must be a positive person. He must always speak positively to his situation. He must also be a man of positivity. We are not told to be realistic. We are told to be revelational. We walk by revelation, not by realistic. Or be realistic. We are not told to look at the facts. We are told to hold on to the truth. 
Oh, say, please look, I'm, I'm painting the right picture. Don't paint the right picture. Paint the scriptural picture. The truth about that is that the world and everything around you submits to your positivity. Just be positive. Open your mouth and say it. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will not die, but I will live and see the glory of the Lord. Mark the perfect man. The, the, the end of such a man shall be peace. Look at every person in the Bible that has gone through your situation. Make him a role model. Make high role model. If you are trusting the Lord under pressure, look at Esther. If you are believing God for the fruit of the womb, look at the great person like Hannah. If you are trusting God for healing, look at a person like Hezekiah. If you feel that things are not working in your life, look at a person like Paul. If you are being persecuted by your boss and thrown here and there, look at Joseph. But keep being positive. And I also want to say focus on the perfect way. As I bring my message to conclude today, I said, that, look, when God, when there's an opposition in your life, those oppositions will invariably be overcome. What will determine whether you'll be tough enough for that time it depends on how much you hold your faith tenaciously in the Lord. And I want to say, look, that when God wants to open those doors and break oppositions, God is not going to operate by the old paradigm. Jesus told them, I'm not going to put new wine into old bottles. Something about your way of thinking must change. Something about your method must change. Something about your mannerisms must change. Something about those you work with must change. Something about your old school of thinking must change. God is a God that works with a different paradigm at different times. So don't keep staying in one place. Don't keep recounting the past. Forget about the old things. Those that have been through this before. No. You can never predict God. You can never tell what God can do. And I can tell you sometimes... For those doors to be open, all those old doors must close. For that door to be open, all those old methods must close. For that doors to be open, all those old thinking must go up. For that door to be closed open, sometimes more of those friends must disappoint you. And more of those men and women must walk out of your life. For that doors to be open. Sometimes you may need to have problems with those who call themselves your benefactor. Sometimes God will live in an isolated island where you have no other person to look on to but God. For that doors to be opened, God may walk you through desert of long years of tarrying and trusting Him. But I can tell you, those doors will invariably be opened. If you look at Scripture, the Bible was very clear that he that overcometh shall inherit all things. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. I've always said that when God wants to prepare an evil country, it takes years. When he wants to get gold out of it, it takes you to the bottom of the earth and prepares them. And when God wants to make you a, a leader, a minister, a testifier, someone whose very presence is an epitome of his glory, he will allow you to go through oppositions. He will allow you to go through pressures. He will allow you to go through tough times. When you look at those tough times in the face and say, I'm tougher than you. I will last you. My God is not seasonal. The power of God is in me. 
For greater is he that is in me that is in the world. I just can't say, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And so if you are a warrior today, why not abandon it? If you are a whiner today, why not throw it up? If you are the kind of person who's only telling the stories of how it happened, how that divorce took place, how that person walked about your life, no one is ever sustained by his history. Life moves according to his purposes. The past is gone. Don't roll it back. It's not necessary. You see, what God has for you coming on your way is far more important for you to take a historical fact of what has happened. Life is too short to be used in nursing animosities or registering wrongs. If you are the type who is always wishing, back up your wishing with positive faith. Believing that God is able to make it happen. If you are warring against demons, and everybody is a demon around you, I want to say now, overcome evil. Not with evil now, overcome evil with good. Don't let your enemy bring you so low as to make you hate him. The best way to deal with anybody who hates you is to love him the more. Love crushes the hardest hearts and makes the wicked men look ordinary. Maybe at the type of who is always waiting. Say, look, I've waited. I'm tired of waiting. I want to do it myself. I'm tired of trusting God. I want to go and live any higher life. I want to tell you, it's dangerous on that path. Satan, Satan may give you a luxurious present, but it's going to give you a deadening end. The world may look lucretious and beautiful, but the path of the wicked is always traumatic. God is good in all seasons. Can you trust him? Can you believe him? Let us pray. I don't know if you have any oppositions in your life. don't know if you have faced any adversaries in your life. I can feel the power of God here. I can feel the anointing of Jesus. And that's maybe the reason why God brought me here this morning. That's the reason maybe why my path passed through you this morning. To make you realize that you have an overcomer spirit. An overcomer spirit looks at the fulfillment of the vision. An overcomer spirit does not mourn what has happened. So to open your mouth wherever you are and take siege of your tomorrow. Take siege of your tomorrow in the name of the Lord Jesus. And say to yourself, Father, I am going to move forward. And say to, you, say to yourself, Father, I'm going to scale the mountains. I'm going to overcome this valley. Lord, I'm not going to allow these oppositions bring me down. Father, my business is going to receive a, a new turn. My home is going to see the glory of God. Say to the Lord today, you are going to receive a spirit that is new. A new kind of spirit. An overwhelming spirit. Bigger than the powers of the enemy. That God is going to bring you to a point in your life where nothing will stop you. You will overcome. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Open your mouth and say it. If any way you have been weakened by the disappointments of your past, if any way you have been weakened, ask God to cleanse you now. And let the power that is going to come from the presence of Jesus, I can feel that power now. The power that is going to come from the presence of Jesus, rest upon your spirit right now. Begin to see new visions. Begin to see new pathways. Begin to see new interventions. 
begin to see new glory. When you see that God allowing your latter days bigger than your former. Begin to see that God blessing you in spite of all the ways of your past. Begin to see God loving you again. Begin to see where you have been discarded by men. God taking you up. Begin to love him the more. Begin to thank him. Just raise up your hand as I begin to pray right now. Let the power of Jesus come upon you. Let the power of Jesus rest upon you. Let the power of Jesus rest upon you. You will not die. You will not die. But you will live and declare the kingdom of God. The glory of God is going to overflow you. And the power of God will be upon you. Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every spirit of depression. Every spirit of depression, I bind in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of depression, I bind in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of depression, I bind and I cast out in the name of Jesus. Today, Lord, I stand by the power of the Holy Spirit. By the anointing of the living God. That everything that has stood in opposition. That has stood in opposition. To the power of God in your life. They are broken. In the name of Jesus. You shall have a miracle again. You shall have a miracle again. You shall have a miracle again. I command there be a miracle in your body. In the name of Jesus. I command there be a miracle in your finances. In the name of Jesus. I command there be a miracle in your relationship. In the name of Jesus. I command there be a miracle in your job. In the name of Jesus. I command there be a miracle in your church. In the name of Jesus. I command there be a miracle in your business. In the name of Jesus. God opens your heart again. God opens opportunities again. Doors of service. Doors of sowing. Doors of loving. You are back again. You are back again. On the path of progress. On the path of progress. On the path of progress. In the name of Jesus. All the masquerades that have covered your paths, they are broken in the name of Jesus. Yes, you will say, laugh not at me, O my enemies. Though he has dealt with me, but now he has been kind unto me. Yes, the Lord gives you favor. Yes, the Lord gives you mercy. Yes, the glory of the latter house is bigger than the former. I release that power upon you. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come upon your people. Holy Spirit, enlighten your people. Holy Spirit, fill your people. Holy Spirit, strengthen your people. In Jesus' name, we pray. I have three minutes. Before I go and sit down, there, is a, there are a few... Um, this Balancing Life and Work, this is CD, and, you know, uh, was produced. I mean, it's a book on CD. I've listened to this several times. I can't put it down. 
And if you buy it and you listen to it and you can put it down, please tell me. We'll send back the money. Then this is a 101 timeless quotations based on some of my sermons that has gone through all the plagiarism checks in the internet. None was repeated. And it covers every aspect of life. Then this has to do with my book I wrote on my a short book, very cheap. It has to do with my, the enduring lessons in my medical career, you know, as a Christian and as a professional, you know, serving the Lord and how difficult it was. And there are about 12 lessons in this book. And I think this is overcoming evil with good. I suffered a lot of things from evil people as I was going up in my career, several ones. But I got to a point that if you, an eye for an eye, gives all of us blind. So I think the best thing is to just change your thinking. So I chose good. And this takes you the story. Then this is a magazine that people did for my sister's birthday, but the top, the top as a spokesman, Echoes of Grace, just have this book. The materials are very few. And thank you for inviting me, Pastor. God bless you.